Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. After a long adventure in the Feywild, the party returns to Waterdeep, finding weeks have passed in the place of days. Darvin, their old friend from Greenus, has traveled to Waterdeep to find out what's happened after they disappeared. The group throw a raucous party to both catch up their friends on what's happened and to celebrate their success. Quickly, the party is swept up in new adventures. A foosball tournament turns into a welcome distraction, which then also turns into a fight for the death. Tarrowing, but now new furniture is being built for the pocket house. And then the watchful order calls to help track down a dangerous archmage called Manshoon, leading to an exciting chase through the city. As morning rises, only days after returning from the Feywild, our heroes have decided that a vacation is well overdue. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. My name is Lauren. I also go by Obocrazy. And tonight, it is International Vodka Day. So I'm moving shortly and don't really have the money or the facility to buy vodka, a bottle of, you know, a nice bottle of vodka, because, you know, we're moving in money and time and everything. But the grocery store near me has tiny little bottles of vodka so i bought a tiny little bottle of tito's handmade vodka because tito's good stuff and i made a giant cup of blackberry tea blackberry sage tea to be specific and so that's what i'm having for international vodka day is vodka in my tea from my tiny tiny little bottle oh wait there we go it's adorable. And I've got the giant mug, too. So it's like I have a bottle that is literally the smaller <laughs> than my cup. <laughs> so, yes, it is. It is tea and vodka time again because it's that time of year. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is a self-made cocktail. Dissatisfied with the uh, Commonwealth Black Cherry Cider that I had uh, last time around. I decided I'm going to try and use it as the base for something. I thought it didn't really have any flavor, so let me add some things that may add some flavor to it. So I took a shot of Sailor Jerry rum, took a little bit of spice, uh, a little bit of raw honey, and then I sprinkled in a bit of, uh, well, basically half a lemon. And now this thing is really sour, so I'm going to call it sour apples. Is it good sour or bad sour? It's the right amount of sour. I think if it were more, it'd be overpowering, but I think the base of it, everything combines to make it good. It's not sweet at all. Like, the honey does nothing. But uh, I want to feel something, and at least now it's, it's sour as opposed to having no discernible flavor. Interesting. God, even the honey doesn't do anything, but it does sound delicious. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And tonight, I did not know that it was International Vodka Day, but I made a vodka drink anyway. It is an Up Yours Putin. It is 7-Up and vodka, and it is quite good, and I have it in my uh, lovely Pinkie Pie mug here. And, Aww. uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, 
I actually made the mistake. It's one of the reasons why Salty Jonathan is salty already. I had dinner while we were talking before this, and I didn't pour myself a drink except this, so this is mostly gone. <laughs> and tonight's shot of Fireball, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is, well... I mean, fireballs burn things, and someti- uh, sometimes they burn curry, but this place definitely doesn't burn curry. It is Akbar's in Philadelphia, and the reason why we know this restaurant is because we were all at Jack, a.k.a. Travancore's wedding, and that was the catering, and it was fucking delicious. It was the best wedding catering I've ever had. It, w- it was phenomenal food, and I, I know people... To this day, still talk about the food at Jack's wedding. So, Akbar's, this one is for you. Akbar's Indian Restaurant, Edison, New Jersey, off of Route 1. <laughs> yeah. May your curry be unburned. <laughs> they are not sponsoring us. We literally no. were just all talking about how... But they could how... be. Oh, yes. God, if you're absolutely. listening, Akbar's. <laughs> Akbar's, if you're listening... And Please send us food. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I live in the overlap of the Venn diagram between D&D and Indian food. As, yes. as do we all. Send oh, us none. Oh, send us literally, and you make me whatever you fucking feel like it. I don't even, I don't have any requests. I just eat what you make me. Anything you make me. That's true. There was, there was nothing at that wedding that I wouldn't gladly eat again, even though I couldn't pronounce half of it because, you know, I'm dumb, but I know good food. Bernie, what are you drinking? So funny. <laughs> Funny story, I also didn't know it was International Vodka Day, (laughs) and yet some part of me in my heart did, because I was like, well, I'm out of cider, but I'm not out of that really good lemon vodka that I bought at RTX, and I know we've got some ginger ale in the fridge, I'm just gonna make myself a drink. So this is lemon vodka with ginger ale and white wine and orange juice, and it's really good it's almost like a white sangria without any actual fruit in it so i've decided i'm going to call it a honey bay oh <laughs> apropos oh that does sound really good and that sounds like the nice perfect compliment to the the sour drink that that travancore had that just nice scales right there it should be more sour because it's literally all these citrusy things but no it's so good it's a little tart i love it tart is always good just a little little tart Carlton, what are you drinking? Well, I also didn't know that it was International Vodka Day. (laughs) And after photoshopping blue out of my Roll20 avatar, (gasps) I decided that I need to have uh, the Dr. Pepper equivalent of Virgil's, which is Dr. Better. Ooh. Aww. Listen, I wasn't going to, but if you wanted to go there, that's fine. It's it's on brand. (laughs) I'll be be okay. We We can keep playing. It's nice. It's, um, it's not as sweet as regular Dr. Pepper. We'll ask Luke to to work on that for you to get you an updated an updated non-basketed Carlton. But for now, you've you've done the job. Oh, all right. Well, well, well. You make everybody sad. It is, as I said, the morning after it's been the a couple of days since you've been back from the Feywild. You've taken care of a couple of random things that have come up, including this important mission from the Watchful Order. But for the moment, everything is kind of quiet and you have all decided that you know what there's some stuff we all individually want to take care of there's maybe some people that we miss that we want to see like vacation is definitely in order and and there's no specific plans for the next couple of weeks barring you know crazy stuff that happens so let's start with jonathan mostly because 
do have Dorvine still there. She has mentioned that eventually she does need to get back to Greenest. She left the the running king in charge, Soria in charge of the running king. And while she trusts Soria com- um, just completely, she does want to get back and see her and everything. So she can't stay forever. Jonathan, what would you like to do? All right. Well, top of the list is obviously Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to hang out with Dorvine. Where even though we're not... Uh, or were we ever really romantically entangled? Uh, we are now just good friends who just want to enjoy each other's company. And so I figured that we, after everything had kind of calmed down, Jonathan and uh, Dorvine would would see the Water Davian sites. Like they would tour the, where tours go. Basically, we would hit the tourist spots. We would hit all the weird food that like, that's our, that are in back alleys and everything else. We would, we would really do it up. We'd hit, that tavern across town that we never go to, you know the one. Yeah. <laughs> Can Bernie go with you on one part of that, which is to find sushi? Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, we would one day, like, J- JMM is kind of like, you know, he's he's reading something, like, he's like, huh, I'm just almost figured this out. I just need to get into the library for a little while, but I just haven't had time. And uh, Dorvine comes down. I assume for at least a little while she's staying with JMM. Or does she have her own in that she's staying? She got her own room at the Golden Rock Tavern, so you you are all staying in the same okay. building. So before before she's come down for the for the day, Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of puzzling over a scroll, just like yeah, Ugh. it's frustrating. I've almost got this figured out. Ugh. You could really use like something different for lunch. I mean, we had uh, we had fiery uh, infernal noodles yesterday, so it noodled out. Well, you've been telling me that we are very close to the ocean, are we not? Oh, yeah. Like, there are literally docks over there, babe. I mean, come on. <laughs> Do we've seen them from from a distance, but the last few days that we have toured this beautiful city has mostly been stuff inside the city. It's mostly been the, the giant statues and thing, the, the museums in the Seavard and things like that. But we haven't actually been to the ocean. Maybe That's there true. we yeah. could find some, some seafood. Jonathan the Magimuscular is uh is intrigued by this. Yes, I think I yeah we haven't taken the time to actually go get some get some swimmy grub, huh? Well, let us go. Let let us both explore. I have not seen the ocean before, and I would like to as long as it is not too cold. And she looks outside, and it's once again dead of winter, but it's one of those crystal clear winter days and where it's almost blinding outside because there's the snow and just blue sky so yeah it's it doesn't feel yeah it's great it doesn't feel quite so cold because you've got the sun on you uh and you have to squint a little bit because it's almost too bright but it's gorgeous and so you think for the the couple hours today that it's it's nice outside that yeah maybe a trip to the to the sea war to the to the docks and actually see the ocean before it gets a little too nippy to get spray on you. Yeah, let me get let me get my jacket and uh and I don't bucks where you at, buddy. I'm not getting anything. You get an image of him right next to you, <laughs> looking in your ear. Oh, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you, I thought you were seeing about a mouse. Okay, well, all right. Uh, well, maybe he can see about a little fish. <laughs> do owls do that? He's kind of a murder murder owl. owl so. I mean, they're raptors. They're kind of a murder species. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Circle of whether life, Whether or not your tiny little 
pygmy owl who is really a celestial can go surf something out of the ocean? That's an interesting question. I'll leave it up to you whether you want to ask him to try, but I'll, when this thought comes to your mind, the the corresponding image that Buck sends back is of a nice seafood restaurant and how he would like to also try some fish. Okay. Without having to get huh. his feathers wet. No, that's 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 good. You you're you looking actually pretty regal today, so wouldn't wouldn't want to fuck that up, buddy. All right. Cool. <laughs> I think we have a party. And JMM kind of looks around to see if anyone see if anyone else is uh, is hanging around. I feel like Bernie's Bernie's been she's been reading through some stuff. She's she's got plans of her own, but she goes, "I wasn't lying when I said I wanted to eat that octopus." Oh, right. You have actual like you, I think yeah. Back at uh back in Care Calendar, they call it uh, Gano when you haven't. When you think about eating something, but then you don't eat it, it gets you like right back here behind the jaw. Yeah, we don't want that. So yeah, totally. Let's let's go. I think they have octopus here. Let's find out. Let's find out. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go hunting for the Water Davian Harbor Market to see to find a sushi place. Sure. How about you, other two gentlemen? Are you staying behind on this one, or are you gonna? Travancore looks up from his book, and there's an apple next to him, and he asks a a simple two word question: soup dumplings. I mean, we don't we don't know we're, don't we're know. just yeah i, I hunt. go for some fish you're a hunter what? aren't you you know you said the right word there Travancore is like all right let's find out he puts down his book he puts down his apple and uh, he's gonna come with let me let me get the my the booties on coco snoot so so his toesies don't get cold oh good call yeah in the meantime we're just assuming bernie has bought snow booties for coco snoot <laughs> i'm totally okay with that i'm actually They're here's pink. what i think You've bought a set of of booties for a child and retrofitted two pairs to work with Coco Snoot. So that 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 would actually be cheaper and quicker than trying to get custom booties for a dog. Uh, Carlton, how about you? What you doing? Uh, I could I can go for some fish before I leave. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Oh, where did did you mention where are you going? Um, you know it's uh. Uh, I've had a pretty rough time since uh, Feywild, you know? Like, uh, Blue's gone, and then we fought a wood dragon, and then there was that the whole theater, explosion, chase, man-duty guy. So I think I'm gonna head back to Info for a little bit. Oh. Gonna get my, get my mind right. Okay, well, say hi to your folks and everyone there. I'll give, I'll give them your best. Yeah. But first, seafood. Seafood, yes. yes. Seafood. Yeah. But- but but before goodbyes, seafood, because yes. I yeah. should be thinking about getting back to greenest pretty soon. So. Have I talked to you about how we're doing that? Uh, you just grin and say, I'm going to be excited. But you oh, haven't yeah, actually yeah, told no. me. I'm going to once again. Jonathan, the muscular grins, flexes, and says, you'll be excited. But first, yeah, yes. sushi. So yeah, we, we head out. Jonathan, the muscular slips on his Bane coat and, uh, that he's had this entire time. And, and Sure. Uh, <laughs> we we head out okay you head so the assumption is that you want to very quickly head to close to the ocean you definitely want to go probably to the dock ward and you know cliche wise it is where most of the uh the fishing establishments are going to be close to someone roll an investigation check the hunter has to find his quarry. That's right. And my quarry is soup dumplings. All right, here we go. Sure. <laughs> Eight. 
So you ask around and there's not a lot of people to ask because despite the fact that it is a gorgeous winter day, it's still bitterly cold. And the problem is you get close to the ocean is that there's spray coming off even a block or two away. There's spray coming off of the the ships and the docks and it's starting to get a little uncomfortable. And so the people that you ask are they're just kind of gruff and they're like, oh, the food for And eventually you end up in a tiny little dive bar off of uh, the aptly named Fish Street, which all of you are like, well, of course we would go seriously. To... <laughs> there literally is a street called Fish Street. It's off of Dock Street because in Waterdeep sometimes names, and you end up in what looks like a back alley dive. And the moment you step in, there's that, that feeling in your gut, like, are we really in the right place? We're probably going to end up with salmonella and be sick for three days. That's but... okay. I'm a cleric. <laughs> there is no food poisoning when you're a cleric. I I trust this one. Let us give it a try. What is the verse that happens? We throw up. I've thrown up before. I don't care. Dorveen strides on in. There is literally enough room in this place for the five of you and the various animals that you've brought with you, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. There wasn't even a sign outside. The only reason that you know that this is a place that is a restaurant is because the door was left open and and the person that pointed the place out to you, you could you can smell the the the, the seafood being cooked. It actually kind of smells like barbecue. You enter on in and there's one person behind the counter. There is a a turtle, actually, which once again, sets you off a little bit. Here's an amphibious creature of some sort, but giant turtle. You think it's a, a male. They've got a eye patch on one eye and look co- super scarred up. Like they've just been in a fight every day of their life. Kind of watches as you come walking in and goes, eh, what you want? Hi, we have several requests. Uh, do we... Barbecued do we, shrimp. Barbecued shrimp. That's it? Barbecued squid. Barbecued octopus? Let me check. And he turns around and waddles back into... Behind the one other door, which seems to lead to a back room. Goes on in. He's gone for about two seconds. Comes out and says... It's a large one. That's okay. <laughs> this one has a large appetite. Barbecued octopus. Also, the shrimp, just in, in case. Yeah, Barbecued yeah. lobster? No, lobster. Barbecued tuna? Uh, soup. We can put a barbecued squid in the soup. Soup dumplings? Uh, what's a dumpling? Kay. You're a dumpling. Oh. Ah, uh, you're a dumpling. It's almost like a sort of a wide... <laughs> noodle style pastry that's big enough and it's wrapped around and you put soup in, inside of it and the way you prepare it and you steam it usually sometimes you pan fry them and then when you're ready to go you can poke a hole at the top of it and suck the delicious juice and soup out of it and then eat the, the dumpling afterwards sometimes it comes with pork not always sounds good we ain't got no pastry here Travicor immediately gets up with Shadow and says, you guys have a good lunch and leaves. <laughs> Travancore bids you all adieu, walks back out into the snow. The The turtle watches him leave and says, don't like the barbecue. Okay. Barbecued octopus, barbecued shrimp, barbecued... And he looks at Carlton one more time. Lobster? 
No lobster. Not the season. Uh, salmon. Barbecued salmon. And unceremoniously turns around and fires up the grill. Do you have any hush puppies to go with that? Tortle turns back around, looks at you, looks at Coco Snoot and goes, Hush, doggy. Turns back around, starts grilling. (laughs) I think that's a no. (laughs) I think, I think... I think I've heard of this place before as barbecues all its seafood. I think it's called Houston, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see. So there's a table and it's kind of clean. It smells really good in here. Like when this turtle fires up the the grill, which is a weird indoor grill with a big vent on the top. And it seems like that's all that he sells is is stuff that he just sticks on the grill and barbecues. And it smells really good. Wait, is it a dry rub or is this sauce? It's sauce. It's total sauce. You don't put dry rub on seafood. I know, but you never know. People are crazy. This is true. It's also <laughs> water also, deep. Yeah, this, this is, is a, a turtle with an eye patch. Don't know what a fucking hush puppy is. You gotta be real <laughs> nope. careful here. Uh, Jonathan the Med Muscular is excited by all these options, so he'll take he'll take a little of everything. You are very quickly served up on just simple metal plates. What look like the barbecued everything that you talked about, and while there's a little bit of trepidation at first when you start to dig in. It's actually really good. Jonathan the Magic Muscular holds up a barbecue tentacle to Bernie. It's like to eating someone's pet. Bernie a, Bernie holds up another barbecue tentacle and high fives Jonathan the Magic Muscular. <laughs> <Whack>. <laughs> it is a successful high five, and each of you end up with a little splattering of barbecue sauce on your forehead. Is, mm. is there oh. any melted butter? Can I make a melted butter check? Uh, yes, I will say there isn't any melted butter out, but as soon as you ask for it, that is actually provided. Oh, bless you. You are, you, you, you are a god among turtles. Here, let me help you with that. And Jonathan the Magic Muscular goes, and uh, heats the butter a little to melt it. The turtle, as he hands over the butter, is just not a god, just a barbecue. Turns back around, heads back into the... Where he looks like he's just preparing for whatever's going to come next. What uh? What's what's your name, friend? Uh, my name name is Query. And then there's an awkward pause as more people are like yeah, barbecue like in the mouth. Silence. Like honestly, it's like I I'm trying to think of something to say, but I'm also like, when the food is good, you don't say anything. No, this is true. This is true. And uh, food is very quickly consumed and enjoyed. The turtle doesn't seem to rush you at all, but he doesn't also really pay attention to you very much. You're just here and then you're going to pay the bill and then you're going to leave and that's it. There's really no hospitality. There's just just barbecued stuff. So so what do you you think, Dorvi? I mean... It's certainly nothing like I've ever had before. This barbecue is very sweet. I like it. I should get the recipe. And from behind the counter, you hear Query go, don't give up, freebies. Is it tomato-based? It tastes (laughs) tomato-based. You can experiment. Family recipe. Experimentation. Dorveen, this is exciting. This is for science. Yes. Not in my kitchen, though. The experimentation makes messes. Yeah, but maybe you could lick it off her in the bedroom. No, that would also be very messy. 
Yeah, you're, it's actually not very hygienic at all. No. What? <laughs> Doreen seems unfazed. You just kind of smile. Bernie tries. She does try. I feel like I could at least get to roll a phase check to see if she's phased. <laughs> I think considering how both of them reacted, you succeeded on Jonathan and you failed on Doreen. <laughs> just with your natural charisma. You finish your seafood. You all take a walk along Dock Street, uh, getting a chance to look at the waves crusted over with ice. It's here. It's bitterly cold because you're getting the spray, but it's also kind of pretty in a way. Usually when you're down here by the, the ocean side, it's filled with smells and birds and rats and chips and it's just loud and noisy but here in the dead of winter when only the most massive of ships can come through when most of everything is in hibernation or hiding uh it is it's quite pretty and you have a lovely day uh jonathan the magic muscular mentions to dorvine so one thing we used to do in neverwinter when i went to school there is on some nights when the snow is kind of falling but not falling heavily just a little bit and everything is just super quiet those are the best walks because all you have are like the magical street lights and just kind of reflecting gently off the snow and it's just there's no sound it's oh it's perfect we'll have to take a uh that's we'll have to take another walk down here later on it's it's fantastic or we could try it in greenest where we are not surrounded by a city of thousands. But either okay. way. So tomorrow, why don't we, uh, we'll say goodbye to everybody. And uh, Travancorn actually mentioned, when I when I talked to him earlier about it, that he might want to come with us uh, out to Greenest. Uh, and Jonathan the Muscular is going to take out the box with the feather. And it's like, I know I've been teasing this for a while. Yes, you have. Yes, sorry. Uh, no, not sorry. Jonathan the Muscular is not sorry. But uh, this is how we're getting home. The box. It's what's in the box. And he opens it up to show the feather. A feather. Uh, yes. I'll explain it all tomorrow. Tomorrow. This has been lovely, but I am starting to get cold. And now as I think of home, let's let's go back. We'll find Travancore and make sure that all of our bags are packed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys head on back. Travancore, you meet up with everybody back at the Golden Rock Tavern and you hear that the, the plan is to head back to Greenest in the morning. Who would like to take the trip to Greenest? Well, myself and Shadow, obviously. Bernie's going to stay in Waterdeep. Bernie's going to offer Coco Snoot to Carlton for his trip to Amphilda. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take the uh, pup buddy if you, if you want to watch him so you can do what you need to do in the city. Well, I, I've got errands to run, and the cold's not great on his paws, really, on the stones. It's better, like, normal ground. And I love you, Carlton, but I can't love you like a dog loves you. Bless you. Coco Snoot can love you like Blue loved you, though. I think that's what you need right now. Okay. Do you, do you have the T-E-T-T-E-T-R-E-A-T-S's? Yeah, Coco Snoot is <laughs> is obviously smart enough to understand the spelling of treats, but is trained well enough to not immediately start to <laughs> like 
it is obvious he knows you're talking about treats. He's one of those dogs, but he's also super well-trained, and so he does not immediately start to slobber looking for treats. Consummate professional, that, sh- that Coco's dude. <laughs> exactly. Bernie pulls a little little pouch out of somewhere tucked under like the little yellow cape she's, she bought to keep her warm, and she hands it to Carl, and she goes, you do understand that these are not for non-doggos. Yeah, they're they're dog. They're doggos. Yeah, and I look and I was like, I realized he understood how I spelt treats. So I was like, yeah, they're dog treats. Coco Snoot will tell me if you eat one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he does. I've seen you talk to him. Or all of them. I'm just going to tell you that now. I'll know. Yeah, they're not really my fit. I, I actually prefer the other flavor, though. So we're good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Carlton is going to head up to Amphail with Coco Snoot. Bernie is sticking around in Waterdeep, and everybody else is riding the bird. Yeah. So the riding next the morning, bir- <laughs> ride the bird. <laughs> That's what it is. You know enough about what this thing does to know to leave Waterdeep first. Yeah. We take a walk, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I unpack the feather, and I. Speak the word and watcha. And he throws it up into the air, and there is a a shimmering as though the feather suddenly expands into this humongous bird with a wingspan that would dwarf houses. And it lands on the ground with a mighty thud next to you and bends its magical head so that whoever wants to can climb on its back as... You now have a magical rock standing in front of you. Uh, that is just like the uh, never-ending story. Kinda, yeah. A little bit. Sorry. Sorry. You keep going. <laughs> so at what point do I wish away my brain cells one at a time? <laughs> That's in a different game. Okay. Uh, do you all climb on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say very easily, even with Shadow, you're well under the 1,000 pounds. That's the, the 500, the 1,000 pounds. So it, this thing takes off, and it's both impressive and amazing, and also bitterly cold. This bird flies high enough to not really encounter anything of... of of note on the ground and to get some some good speed going and it's large enough that you think unless you were unlucky enough to come across a dragon there's nothing that is going to be able to stop you but it is moving so fast that Travancore you can almost feel icicles forming in your beard no it's, it's kind of amazing and also by the time it circles and lands just outside of Greenest, which you have not seen in many, many months, you are all looking forward to a warm, warm fire. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, I didn't think of this, oh god. Uh, Jonathan the Muscular <laughs> casts uh, a firebolt on himself. Darvine has set her hands on fire and, and, and throughout the, the journey, which has taken a couple of hours. I mean, Greenest is far enough away that even at the speed this thing is going, it's taken most of the day. But she has used her hands basically as literal hand warmers and warmed you all up. Shadow seems fine. He's, he's, he's a bear, you know. Bucks a, is like hiding in your cloak. Oh, I just dismissed Bucks. I was just like, boop. And then as soon as we're done, it's like, okay, I didn't want to put him through that. So boop, he reappears. He seems pretty happy with that idea. 
Um, and yeah, you all arrive in Greenest, blanketed in snow. It is snowing here. It is not quite as gorgeous, and it is getting towards the end of the day. And Dorveen says, let's go back to the, the Running King, and I'm more than happy to put you up for the evening. I don't know how long you were planning to stay, but as long as you would like. Uh, probably just a couple of days uh at most i i we do have some business that we need to get done back home but it's been a while since we've been in greenest jonathan the magic muscular wants everyone to know that 50 percent of the heralds are back <laughs> <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm sure will the governor will want to talk to us oh yes i have a list of people that i wanted to to catch up with uh tarbo soria leosian tim and elizabeth maybe they got promotions hopefully they're not dead hey what about the that married couple that lives two hours out of town. We haven't seen them in a while. We went to their wedding. Oh, them from the, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. and I haven't thought about them face. in a long time. Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the name of the of the fighter, dwarven fighter that came with us? Terrace Swordsteel. Terrace Swordsteel. Terra, yeah. Terrace. Terrace. We need yes. to... We need to see her, too. I mean, she's Definitely. a battle oh, Yeah, Leia, Jack, as you mentioned, Tim and Elizabeth. I think you, you, your list was pretty comprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dorvin will say, well, probably some of those t- t- tomorrow morning. Uh, Soria, at least, should be at the Running King. Yes, let's go see Soria. should be at the Running King. And it's been <laughs> a pretty quiet couple of months since you've been gone. Certainly there's been no dragon attacks or anything like that. So I, I don't imagine that any of the, the people that you're looking for, there'll be a problem with. Uh, but come, come, come. And she takes you on over to where the Running King is, which it seems to be the same as what you remember. Although you do notice on Sarah perched on top of the door. The gargoyle does not get down when you arrive, but does move and wave. And everybody, including Dorveen, gives her a wave back and says, it's taken a while for her to calm down. I'm glad that she's finally feeling comfortable enough to not be at my side all the time. No, that's good. It's good. You enter into the warmth of the Running King, which at this time, it's about dinner time. There's a lot of people around. The It smells delicious in here. It also sounds a little rowdy. And that's because you see Soria standing on top of the bar. She has a hurdy-gurdy in her hands what? and is playing it badly. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! She's playing it with zest and appeal, and obviously everybody here knows who she is and is enthusiastically egging her on as she. And you are all familiar enough with good hurdy gurdy playing to know uh, she needs to practice on this a little bit more. Dorveen sighs as as she comes on in. There's this raucous bad music, and everybody's stamping and clapping, and they're making fun of Soria, but they're like making fun of her with her, and she's just eating it all all up and she's like i asked her not to it's so I bad knew this is going to happen it's so bad it's a hurty gurdy she's only been practicing for a couple of days i don't know why she doesn't just play the loot the loot is gorgeous Soria, stop it and no one hears dorveen people see her and are like hey how you doing what's going on they're, they're, a couple people recognize you and are happy to see you uh they see shadow who a lot shadow gets a lot of compliments on his armor because the last time you guys were here he did not have that so hey the bear looking good got the armor everything soria sees all of you and stops playing in the middle of whatever horrible song she's in the middle of playing <laughs> which uh, sends the entire crowd into raucous jeers. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I'll keep playing in a second. Hi, 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 hi. And she comes over and you are all immediately enveloped in blue wings. 
Yay. No. Oh, I, I envelop right back. Yep. Yeah. Muscular hug. It's been so long. I left you. I left you in the thing. And then I went through the portal and then you all were just gone. And I didn't know what had happened. And Doreen gets like messages and stuff, but you didn't message me. And I didn't know what was going on. And I'm just glad that you're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. And she hugs tighter. Oh. oh, yes, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the message spell, I only had a few of them, so yeah. I figured, well, you know, Dor- Dorveen's Dorveen. But also, since she runs the Running King, she can kind of let people know what's going on. Although, you're a bard, and that's kind of your job. I feel like an asshole. It's been a busy couple of months. Yeah, she's been telling me everything that's been going on. I've, I've turned some of it into songs, and the songs have gotten popular. I even sell, sold a couple of them. I was able to, you know, make a little bit of money. But wow. I could still say so myself. So, you so, know. Wait, you make songs about yeah. what oh. we're doing? Huh. Yeah, I'm a bard. What do you think that I do? That's what I do. I make songs. You were doing heroic stuff. What was I supposed to do? Not make songs? I wanted to come with you. What to see what was going on, but I had to come back here because my lame brother wasn't going to come back without me being here. And so I have to be here to wait for him. But while I'm going to be here, I'm at least going to be, you know, doing bard things. I do bard things. I'm a bird. And a bard. And I, a bird. And a bird. bird. I'm, a, I'm a bird bard. That's what I do. Let's. Soria, yeah. I am so interested in these songs. Yeah, I want to hear all of them. hear them later. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do the rounds, but definitely I want to. I, w- I want to hear your songs. All right. You'll have to pay them. for them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good. All right. I should get back to playing. And she jumps back oh, up God. onto the bar and starts to hurdy-gurdy again. <laughs> oh, no. Never. Jonathan, did she just say she's going to charge us to hear songs about us? That she... Yes. That, that, no, that's happening. That's fine. You know, local economy and such. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Travancore hears the worst local economy and realizes that he wants to be a man of the people so bad. And he's like, okay. <laughs> All right. You enjoy a nice evening at the Running King. You see a couple of familiar faces. You enjoy some good food. As you finish up that evening, we will jump on over to Bernie, who has watched some of her friends go off in one direction to get on a giant bird, has watched more of her, has watched another friend and her dog go off to the east towards Amphail, and is suddenly, for the first time in a very long time, alone what what is bernie up to um i feel like bernie like went and like waved them all off and like sure saw the bird saw the bird and was like staying on the ground i'll say jonathan and carlton were or that uh travancore and jonathan knew that carlton was gonna be leaving for amphail so they went outside to the east gate to see everybody off together so you all saw the giant bird and then carlton left from there Bernie has this nice, crazy old lady that she's been meaning to have tea with, and she feels really bad. So one of the first things she did when when she got back was she sent a message over to crazy old lady's house. God, I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. Her name is Farrah. Farrah. She, she's Farrah Fawcett, in her old age, moved to Waterdeep, <laughs> uh, gave, up hair, gave up hair care, <laughs> No, so she sends a message to Farah with, like, I think probably, like, a nice, like, gift, like, a tart from the bakery and says, like, hi, I apologize, like, we got called away to the Feywild and apparently time works different there, question mark. Oh, uh, I'd still love to have tea with you. Um, I can bring, I can bring cake if you, if you've got the tea and the time. Bernice Q-Birds. And, uh, so she's, she kind of, she's gonna... She doesn't, she doesn't have any, yeah, she doesn't have anyone, but, so she wants to, like, 
keep her promise to that nice old woman who needs a friend. But also, she's got this, like, amulet thing, right? That she needs to be thinking about destroying. The one that Travancore has that has the information about the 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 devil. Yeah, I think she got that back from him before he went to Greenest. You did. One of the things she's going to be doing is she's going to be pulling some religious strings, I think, for the first time really ever. Uh, I believe letters that say, hi, uh, I believe you know my, the the mother superior of our order, my order, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's going to be uh, kind of, I guess, the the fantasy equivalent of cold calling temples. Okay. And I think that starts with like letters of introduction, which I think she would, she would basically like have like, I'm trying to think about how people like communicated and how they can be like so in victorian times uh what you would do is you would and this is and you i want i want you to think about these are people with privilege these are people with wealth these are people with nothing fucking better to do in the morning and i'm talking about like a weekday okay like these are not people who work for a living and and this did carry downward in terms of social and economic class People had cards, and so sometimes what you do is you would go visiting, you would have your days at home, and this is what women would do, where you would be at home receiving visitors, and people could come by, and then you would say, like, well, this is not my day at home, this is my day to go visit somebody, and, like, spend, like, 15 minutes at their house, and chat with them, and gossip with them, and, like, so I feel like, I was trying to think analogously, one thing that I feel like would make a lot of sense for people to have are cards. And you would have cards. They actually became really popular. And I think if anybody ever read Laura Ingalls Wilder, there's like a little subplot about this. We can talk about the racism in Laura Ingalls Wilder later. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I think that you usually have a card and it's got your name on it. It's got a really pretty design. And I think, you know, paper is plentiful. You know, we've got magical inks. So all these things make sense. And I feel like, you know, every today we all have business cards, but before you had business cards, you just had personal cards that had your name on them. And you would literally leave your card with someone like you may go visiting and they might not be in it. Maybe they're visiting day or you may or you may be told, even though, you know, they're home, that they're not home. It's one of those like, ah, don't don't just don't. <laughs> That's like a really big fuck you. They're not in. They're not receiving visits. So you would leave their card and they would see like cards and invitations would come in the morning and stuff like that. So I feel like Bernie does a lot of that she does the equivalent of morning m-o-r-n-i-n-g visits where she's going to temples and she is understanding that just like at her temple there is a schedule and it is different and there are things that are done every day so whoever is the head of the temple may or may not be available to talk but she's going to leave a card or a note saying like hi I'm, i'm very interested to talk to you and i feel like she would try to be sussing out temples in water deep that are not evil <laughs> oh there are no evil temples in water deep all that of them... we know of lauren that, well i'm assuming what you're talking about about temples in water deep are the sanctioned known temples you know unlike queen bay who is not an evil goddess by any means but is also not a sanctioned official temple in water deep she still has a a religious place to go. You're looking specifically to go to some of the actual temples in town, leave behind some of these notes, talk to some people and see if she can start making the connections to to talk to the people she needs to talk to to get to get what she needs. And I think the first place she visits is the temple that is in the gnome quarters. Okay. 
Well, so the one that's in the gnome quarters is basically all of the gnomish deities. Um, they're all under the the auspices, and and you've already talked to to her. But if you wanted to spend the day, I, I there's quite a few of the official temples in Waterdeep. There's uh one, two, three, oh, yeah, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13. There are fourteen different temples in Waterdeep for specific gods, and then there are two places that are just. They're holy houses in where you can find a, a wider pantheon. Uh, kind of the same way in the Gnomish Enclave, there is the place under the, the main house that has all of the, the Gnomish deities. And so, yeah, you if you wanted to spend the day, you could absolutely... Because your main entrance to most of these temples is not going to get you to talk to the person you need to. But uh, roll me a religion check and I'll give you advantage. Thank you. Religion... Let's zoom in on this. Oh! Oh! Oh, hey! Do I need to roll again, really? But let's, just to see how... Yeah, either one would be good, but that <laughs> natural 20 plus 4 is a 24 is what I'll take. Ooh, drink! It's my new hat. My not so... I thought this would be way more subtle, but this is definitively a witch hat. So that, I, That's totally a witch hat. Absolutely. It's witchy. It's, it's, but it's cute witchy. It's not like... <laughs> witchy. It's nice. It's comfy. I will say, absolutely. With not only your knowledge of a basic knowledge of all religions, just being a religious person yourself, but also because of the nature of of what you like to poke fun at and definitely hierarchies and people who tend to be more interested in the pomp and circumstance than the actual practice of religion is something that you you specifically like to hone in on. So you are able to not only get into all of these temples, uh, but while you can't get in to talk to the person you need to, in every single one you're able to schmooze just the right person pass along your note and know that yeah it's gonna take a couple days to get some feedback on this but i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to talk to all the right people i'm gonna you know you don't have to talk to the head of the the saloon temple to talk to the right person who's going to give you the information you need and your note's going to get to that person. So by the end of the day, you're tired because it's it's a lot of schmoozing. And it's a lot of walking. The vast majority of the temples are in the sea ward. There's a couple in the castle ward. There's a couple that are even kind of difficult to get into, like the the Myleki and Sylvanus temples. There are shrines in this shrine to nature that are supposed to only be for people who actually live in the sea ward which is weird but you you don't get in but you manage to schmooze the right people to get the information to the right people and you're pretty sure with an invite you'll be able to go so yeah i'm gonna say by dinner you've you've passed out your notes you are are you've planted seeds that you know will will grow very quickly and as you arrive back at the Golden Rock Tavern... Oh, there's Rock one Tavern, more stop. Oh, okay. Bernie wants to stop at a bookstore. Okay. And she's going to go in and she's going to say, Do you have any romance novels? I think on a level of one to trashy, let's say Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> the gentleman behind... Is he, are you looking for any specific kind of books or are you looking for like romance novel bookstores? <laughs> you just like the Bookstores have romance novels. Oh yeah, because but I mean, I like, are see you see them at the fucking shoppers next 
<laughs> now, if if the drugstore's got them, you're just looking for a, a decent bookstore. You're not looking for anything in specific, and then you go up to the counter. Specific. Perfect. The dragonborn behind the counter has this tiny little pair of spectacles is so grayed that his his scales look like 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 they've almost gone white he looks over his little tiny spectacles and goes okay uh you want romantic trashy or you want sexy trashy how about a little bit of column a a little bit of column b all right that i i got suggestions for you and this this dragonborn that is most of the time dragonborn tower over you but this one is so old that he's almost like stooped over to like practically look you in the eye not really but like trundles brings you back through some of the stacks to a section pulls out two different books and hands them to you. One of them is uh, the splendor of the city. And the uh, and <laughs> when he hands that one over, he says, a little more romantic than, than sexy. And he pulls out another one and uh, this says deep in the wards. And he says, this one a little more sexy than romantic look through them decide which way you want to go if you buy them both i'll give you give you a discount (laughs) and he like giggles himself (laughs) and then trundles back to the counter bernie looks at them and says por que no los dos and uh she uh goes and gets her discount (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a couple of silver for the for these books and he, he basically gives you one at half price for buying both of them so you you now own two Waterhavian trashy romance novels deep in the ward and uh, the splendors of the city and anything else you'd like to do? Uh, no, but I think those are amazing titles. <laughs> um, and if anybody wants to ever write those books, I'll read them. Me too. <laughs> Jack will also read them. He's raising <laughs> his hand. No, no, I will write them. Uh, NaNoWriMo is coming up, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is. <gasps> Do you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Write some trashy well, water. I have my Maybe in my downtime, I can I can put on my uh my trashy novelist hat. There you go. All you have to decide is: Do you want to be slightly more sexy? Or do you want to be slightly more trashy? Yeah. Uh, you get back to the Golden Rock Tavern in time for Gasak to hand over a mug of hot cocoa and a plate of food and says. I figured, you know, you were going to want when you got back and with everybody gone. So I made you something. And uh, you had a, an old lady come by and uh, she said you wanted to see her. Oh, Sarah? I think that's what she said her name is. She said she was looking for you and thank you for the treats and to see her tomorrow. Just come by anytime. That is perfect, Gaston. You know what? No one runs an inn like you, Gaston. No one makes chili like you, Gaston. <laughs> No one makes hot dogs without ketchup like you, Gaston. And it's, it's, it, you know, I try. Somewhere I in New England, Tough Talk Tony Spencer is crying tears of joy. Because he <laughs> has mean, a pretty mean Gaston cosplay. My, what a guy. That Gaston. Hey, if you could tell people Gaston runs this awesome place, uh, maybe then I'd have more people here having hot cocoa. I will. Now, here's the other thing. And I'm pretty sure this is true. Does no one run bubble baths like Gestat? 
I don't know, I haven't tried to run a bubble bath, but if you want to try, sure, why not? Let's give it a try. Let's. And he will, he, it's not the, the best, it, it's not bad, but like, because it's an old style clawfoot tub that he has to like bring water up to, kind of by the time the bubbles are good, the water's starting to go cold. And so you have to like, you know, you can't stay in it too long. You can't like sit and soak or else it's going to get freezing, but you get a little bit of a bubble bath. As you are enjoying the rest of your evening with your uh, trashy romance novels and knowledge of, of seeing an old lady tomorrow, Carlton. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their mimic chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and a tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each mimic chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on November 11th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-E-D-E-T-A-I-G-N-E-P-S-G-O-W-K. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Carlton, you spend a couple of days on the road to Amphail. It is not the most pleasant weather, but it's not bad. And you stay on the road, and because you're not really in a hurry, uh, and the long road is well patrolled, you don't run into any troubles. Uh, and so within a couple of days, you manage to, to get to Amphail pretty quickly. Uh, you arrive kind of in the middle of the day and it's it's kind of a gray overcast day unlike the last time you were here where it was bright and almost the fall. It was gorgeous and here it is and you know in the middle of winter this place is a ghost town. Any of the nobles that are usually here have fled back to Waterdeep or have even gone up to uh, Baldur's Gate or other places. Horse breeding kind of slows down Everything really slows down, so I'm assuming you want to visit your your family. Uh, what time of day is it? Is it like evening? No, it's like afternoon. It's it's early afternoon. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the the Eagle Shield Farm. Okay, where I'll head out first. Sure, you arrive and. Uh, Everyone's there and they're super happy to see you. Your whole adopted family. Actually, the only one who is not there 
is your adopted sister because you find out that she is off in the town. Yeah, we left her in, uh, we left Kara and Ivankia in, uh, charge of the, what the fuck was the tavern name that we bought? Well, you didn't buy it. It was just that. That we stole. The, no, not the Rotting <laughs> King, not the Golden Griddle. It's, uh, I, t- I was just listening to the Anfield episodes a couple of weeks ago. It's on the tip of my yeah. tongue. Anyways, we left them in charge of the bar. And, uh, very quickly, uh, Malser will tell you, what, as you mentioned this, he's like, Oh, well, they don't call it that anymore. They changed the name. They're they're calling it uh, Two Ladies and a Drink. Hmm. Aww. Sounds like a plan. I uh, approve. Strongly was against this name. I thought it, it insinuated too many things, but the rest of the town seems fine with it. Good. How, how have things been since uh, I was last here? Good, good. It's been quiet, which is always good. You know, busy busy means people are sick and horses are sick, but it's definitely been nice. No more weird basilisks, anything like that, oh, now that we got asshole out of here? No, no, good. no. All of that has calmed down. So I got a little time off, so figuring I could maybe crash in my old room for a bit or in the main house. Yeah. You are always, you will always have a place here, Carlton. You know that. And That's Miri is also there, and like literally just walked through the door without knocking. <laughs> oh no! There, Miri says, "We are your family. You can always come home to us." We actually, once I saw you, I was hoping that you were you had your friends with you. They were so lovely last time. Oh yes, uh, they, they send their best wishes. Uh, but they had some business in Greenest, uh, and Bernie was doing something about converting the masses of Waterdeep to Queen Bay. I don't remember. She said something, and I I kind of don't listen half the time. But don't tell her that. You should be working on that. That's only half the time, Ma. <laughs> and she looks at you and she offers you... They've been setting up, uh, getting ready for an early dinner because, once again, it's the dead of winter. And so sunset happens at, like, 4.30. And so they're already getting ready for dinner. As she offers you some food. And after a while, she looks at you and, and Miri says, So what's wrong? Uh, you know, and I'll like, I'll kind of go into the whole spiel, you know, it's like, well, you know, we were doing the, the fate changer god pawn thing that Pa always calls us, and it, uh, it struck a little close to home, you know, like, I grew up with the wolves, and then one of the wolves I grew up with came back to me as a puppy, and then I was hanging out with him for a while, and it was really nice to have family again, but then I almost got him killed through recklessness. And I felt really bad, and then I left him behind in the Feywild with a god. Yeah, some things happened. And then, like, I'm just, like, kind of recounting the tales. Of, and then, like, it's just, it's been a lot. And I just needed to, you know, we've been going real hard, real fast for a while, and I just kind of needed to slow down. And so I figured I'd come home to kind of go at a slower pace and kind of reset myself. We're always happy to see you. And anytime you want to come, this this will always be your home. Even if you've got homes elsewhere, you're, you're always oh, more I've than always happy. Oh, I always love visiting Anfield. Although my friends feel like every time we're here, we're here for four months, even though it's only like two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's always weird when you have to visit other people's families. That's And the last time you were here, there was a lot going on. Hopefully this time you can just have some good food. And I'm sorry to hear things have been trying. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all part of life and growing up. But uh, it's something I haven't had to deal with. And I'm... Um, Learning how to deal. Mm, sounds like you're dealing very well with it, though. Yeah. Well, How's the the tavern doing? It's going well. I mean, it's the only one in town, so the girls are 
they they complain a lot about it. Kara especially, she keeps wanting to come back and keep working on the horses and everything. So maybe maybe event- eventually Avanthia will just take the whole thing over and hire some people. But right now, you know, they're they're having too much fun to let it go. They won't admit it though. Don't don't let them know that I said that. They won't ever admit it. And I do like the uh, fingers across the lip, lock it, throw away the key gesture. But yeah, they're having fun. It's the slow season, though. So I think right now they're finally starting to, to decide whether what, what kind of plans they want for the future. It's been a good diversion for the last couple of months. But, you know, those young women have to decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives and if they want to do it together or separately. And it's it's kind of up to them. We're just letting them feel it out. Well, they seem good for each other. So I'm happy. Me too. Let me go pull your old quilt out of the closet. And she runs off to go make your bed. Yes, Blanky! <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to do while you were in Greenest or, di- or Amphail? Or did you want to just have a, basically a relaxing family get-together? You know, it's just going to be family get-together, you know. Check in with the fam, see how things are going, take it slow. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm assuming when things start picking back up, I'll get a little mind, mind message. <laughs> You spend a few days helping out Dorn on the farm, or not Dorn, uh, helping out Malser on the farm. You find out Dorn has actually gone off with, so because it is the winter season, most of the nobles, as I said, they leave. And the, the Tufts, actually most of them have also left for the winter. And Dorn went off with the Tufts to to go learn a little bit. It sounds like he was- Oh, so he's in Waterdeep? Actually, no, they went off to... Can rule out Red Larch. No, 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 not Red Larch. <laughs> oh, you do hear while you're there that while uh, Red Larch is kind of considered a wash, like nobody really is interested in going back, you do hear that the corruption that was... People have been keeping an eye on that area, and over the last couple of months, it has started to grow back, and that it may take a couple of years to totally heal that area, but... And, and Red Larch is probably never going to be coming back like the town that it was you hear that it's no longer like an evil place no they went to Baldur's gate and it sounded like from from what your family says that dorn went with them he got inspired by you studying with knight commander laros tough and wanted to go off and learn how to be a proper knight and basically is is squiring although malser seems to think that this is just a phase that the kid goes through well he always was good with the bow and i know that Laros could teach him a thing or two, and uh, some great men have become amazing. Even if he's not a mounted knight, you can do a lot as a fighter with a bow. Listen, I feel like even if all the boy does is gets a little bit of instruction on on being an honorable man from from knight commander, then that is a win for us. And if he comes home and says that he just doesn't want to do it anymore, and that's all that happens, eh. That's fine. But I I trust Laros with Dorn. I'm sure that'll be fine. But so yeah, you are put to work pretty much the next morning. It is still kind of a working veterinary farm. And there are still some horses around. You go visit the two ladies into drink tavern and find that it looks much the same, that they've just changed the sign, basically. And uh, when you see Kara, she lets you know that it was it, it felt too much like she was stealing someone else's place. And so that's that's why they came up with this, and that it was um, a, a night of, of drinking and giggling in front of the fire. And the next morning, the next thing they knew, they'd painted the sign. So they're just kind of running with it. But yeah, you have multiple days just kind of 
enjoying not having to be the herald of greenest anymore and just being carlton for a while being a you know going back to going back to the roots yeah moving back to greenest in the last couple of days that you gentlemen have been there uh besides kind of saying hi to people and and catching up you you find that you've left behind a very boring place that you the greenest happened to be a place that was really interesting with a dragon fight and the whole thing with the dragon cultists and that once you left the problems kind of left with you and yeah there's been some little tiny things but nothing that requires people of your caliber as several people tell you leosian is actually not there the monks that are at the house say that he was sent off on an assignment and you know that that's actually fairly normal for him that this is just a uh, that this house that he owns is, is kind of a way stop you do see reggie reggie is doing just fine in fact the monks didn't even know that reggie wasn't theirs and so reggie has been put to work as like a little field outside of town that the monks work to grow some some of their own crops and everything and reggie's been happily Aww. working away at that was there anything else you gentlemen wanted to do gotta see tim and elizabeth girder make sure they're still alive wait tim and well the way you said that made it look good together <laughs> tim, yeah okay yeah guard tim and tim full stop spaces <laughs> uh elizabeth private elizabeth girder yeah and the thing that Jaguar wanted to do is like he remember that Governor Tarball Nighthill had access to like a library. You remember doing research there. He wanted to see if he could access that library. Oh yes, you are. So I'll, here's what I'll say: the two of you go to the the governor's mansion and find Tara Swordsteel there. She is she is, uh, and and she tells you that it's actually a like it's a coincidence that you just happened to catch her while she was here. She's actually been put in charge of the fort that's a couple of hours out of town that you guys cleared out of Mammon Cultus all those months ago. Like oh, they, yeah, Fort Kick-Ass. The original Fort, Fort Kick-Ass. Kick well, we don't call it that anymore. I mean, we kind <laughs> Anymore? Of, oh, okay. Well, we called it that, well, you know, for a little while, but, you know, the, the governor... What kind of... What kind of dumb name does it have now? And Jonathan, the match muscular, when he says that, has a big grin on his face and he winks. Listen, it's not a, it's not that important. She and it's not that Kickass was a bad name. It was just the governor decided it needed to be called something else. But he would be more than happy. And then I'd like the both of you to roll insight checks. Insight seven twenty one. Jonathan, you have no idea. She looks flustered. For some reason, talking about this, uh, you have no idea why, but she looks flustered. Travancore, yeah, she looks embarrassed. This is embarrassing. So they named it after you. How did you know? Who told you? <laughs> and, and then, as you say that from the side, from the guardhouse that's over on the side, you hear a familiar voice. Well, she did such a good job that they wanted her to be able to have her own her own uh, fart. I'm going to run up to Tim and scare the hell out of him by giving him a big hug. You don't scare him because he like he heard you that you were there. Right. But he certainly he doesn't return the hug because like first off he's not a hug guy, but second off, yeah. he's seen you all of two or three times. He's like, "Oh, yeah. um hello sir. Hi. This is unexpectedly uh physical. Hi. Sorry." <laughs> uh, and I'm like, um, "I didn't mean to to violate your personal space. It's just very good to see you." That's okay. And Jonathan the Magimuscular sends over a, his image hand to pat him on the shoulder. 
uh, and then sends it back. <laughs> then, no, that's also unexpectedly uh, spectral physical. That's the. It's good to see you. It's good to know you're all okay. And Tara says, "Elizabeth is not here. She she's actually also at the fort. So I'll tell her you uh, said okay. hi. But yeah. uh, yes, absolutely. If you want to come and talk to Tarbo, and I'm more than happy to bring you up. And I'm sure he would be more than happy, especially if you just want to read some books. That's that's fine. Come on, come on, come on. And, fort sword steel." Is it Fort Sword Steel? Fort, as she's leading you up, she's like, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That is literally a metal name. I'm never getting out of this fort now. I'm saddled with a and, fort. And well, but well deserved. I don't think the governor would do that lightly or without merit. No, he. it's an honor and it was nice. But I'm well, saddled with this thing now. Like, how am I ever supposed to go anywhere and go do other epic things if I have to, like, watch a fort and a mine? Have you talked to the governor about this? What are the other things you want to do? Yeah, and he says that it's an honor and I should want to... Listen, one of these days, the interests of Greenus might extend elsewhere. And if it does, let us know and we could maybe help with whatever interests that might lie, that might affect the fort but also not be at the fort. Wink. She has to roll an insight check because yeah. Terrace is not the smartest person. Okay, no, she seems to get you. Well, she doesn't return the wink. She's like, okay. I I feel like we kind of have to visit Fort Swordsteel now. Don't you, Jonathan the Magimuscular? Oh, oh, absolutely. We got to see this place. Maybe right before we leave. Yeah. All right. Maybe we could, maybe we could do this. We say our goodbyes in Greenus. We go out to the fort and then we can... I mean, we don't want to mess anything up here, so we can. Uh, we so can you're going to mess stuff in there. my fort now. That's what you're saying. No, no, you just don't want to mess stuff up here. Fort. You're going to go to my fort. You're going to mess stuff up there. You can tell Wait, she's like playing around. Just a second with you. ago, you were embarrassed to even have this fort named after you. Now it's my fort. I'm still in charge of it. <laughs> Listen, I will. I will do. First of all, the teleportation circle. Well, it shouldn't burn the ground. I don't actually know if it does. I've never, never done it before. Ooh. You're not experimenting in my fort, Jonathan. Oh, please. You can experiment outside the fort. That's fine. I, fine. I seem to remember that the Heralds of Green has saved this town. I think we can be trusted not to mess up your fort well, as we make our e- egress. She's right. I mean, it like, if I fuck it up, it could blow up half the planet. So, yeah, might as well not. Have it blow up the half the planet that doesn't involve my fort. Yes, I'm embarrassed (laughs) that it's my fort, but it's my fort and I will make sure that it is safe here. And she brings you on in. And yeah, Governor Tarbo is super happy to see you and is is grateful to know that everybody's okay and will lead Travancore you to the library. And what 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 in specific were you looking for? Oh, to the surprise of no one books about the nine house. (laughs) <laughs> Anything about demons and devils that I can get my hands on, deals, pass. I mean, I know that I'll have more resources in Waterdeep, but he figured Greenus is probably a good place to at least start. And and while he's doing that, Travancore prepared like a brief report of adventures that they went through, just so there's intel that the governor has in case any of these threats run by his death. It's just sort of like, not disclosing everything, because that's bad news for Travancore to do, but enough that Governor Tarbon knows what's out there and what he's seen, like a Cliff Notes version, sure. like the Bard version. Of what he's done, so that he knows what the authentic capabilities are of the beings that he's run into, whether they be beasts or monsters or specific opponents. Yeah, maybe put a nice wanted sign for Asok, formerly Amkarthra. 
I'll say this. The stuff, most of the stuff that you ran into, he looks over and he is concerned with and he gives to Terrace and he says to distribute amongst the guards. But you get the sense that most of it is so esoteric and out of what a small, like the thing that happened in the town with the cultist was like the first major event to happen in Greenest in decades. It's the the most interesting thing to happen there. Ever. Ever. And you get the sense that like, he'll take these this actionable intelligence seriously but doesn't think it's something that he needs to be concerned about asok amkarthra is a very real human who could be a very real relatively sword coast local threat and he does take that off um you are left in the library which is not huge but it seems to be if if not depth in breadth is good so go ahead and roll me an investigation check Detective Travancore Are you both looking for this, Jonathan, or have you gone off to go do other things, by the way? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is probably hanging out with Dorveen, and, and he is living up to the folk hero background that he's got going. Okay. He's like, he's like up in the Running King going, yeah, and then we went down into the cave, and and there were kobolds everywhere, and like, like he's he's filling Soria in on like some of the other adventures that he didn't message about. Okay. So, oh, and of the Feywell. So, so uh, Travel Course, just you and Shadow in the uh, in the library. What'd you roll? Eleven. Okay. Uh, there's not a lot here. You do find one book that seems to be the the Hells for Dummies <laughs> version, which you take, and it's thick. And once again, like most of this library seems to have breadth, if no depth. And the governor is more than happy to let you take it with you because he, he once again, a book about the nine hells doesn't seem to be something that he really needs that often. So yeah, it, it's a pretty thick book. It kind of goes through all of the basics of all nine of the hells and some, some nothing that you think is going to maybe be the, the nugget of information you absolutely need. But the variety of general knowledge is useful. Every journey begins with a single step. There's one more thing Travancore wants to look up. Sure. Sort of uh, stories or accounts of famous druids, because as he's on this path, he wants to sort of figure out, like, and he'll probably ask about this later on, but, like, you know, templates or paths or ways to go as far as his new new calling, so to speak. All right. So specifically, like, a, a, a druids for dummies book kind of thing? Yeah, maybe a little more deep into that, specifically, you know, nature. I mean, I, I don't even know what, what the specific callings would be, but yeah, maybe that's that's the right thing. If I don't know, if I can't, if I can't elaborate in more granularity, then maybe Druids for Dummies is the way to go. <laughs> uh, give me another investigation check. Detective Travancore investigates with a natural 20. Oh, shit. Nice. 22. Out of drink. All right. Here's what I'll say. Yeah, I'm on water now, which is probably <laughs> for the best, since we're all drinking vodka. I, I'm a about to be done here is what i will say you do a thorough search so like in your first initial pass you kind of look where everything is it's not that huge of a library you're able to get through everything pretty quickly you find this book on the nine hells you do a thorough search you really find nothing on druids and then there's a different book that you actually picked up this book thinking it's going to talk to you about the nine hells and because it seems to be encyclopedic knowledge of of it seems at first like it's going to be about demons and devils and you find out oh no this is one of those super old racist books that thought that all tieflings were devils 
Ooh. Like it's one of those. And where for a second you're about to put it down. And and but then something catches your eye when you're looking at it. The book talks about druid enclaves and how most druids uh it, it's hard to get information. Uh apparently the author went looking for druids for information on tieflings for some reason and had a hard time getting that information because it was they're so sequestered. And that the best they were able to do was a druid enclave in the Southwood that uh, would talk to him. And, and basically, the rest of that chapter is how about this this guy was putting forth his all tieflings are devils. And the druids are like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Except it's written from his point of view. So it's like, these druids were sadly mistaken and had this backward idea about how tieflings are actually people. Uh, it's one of those. So I found a Hugh Trevor Roper's book. Great. <laughs> so the book is like kind of useless, except apparently there's a a group of druids in the Southwood. And uh, you know where the Southwood is. It is not actually that, it's relatively not that far from Waterdeep. Whereas when you left Waterdeep to go up the long road to Amphail and then eventually to uh, Red Larch and where the Crypt Garden Forest was, the Southwood would kind of be in the westerly direction and a little bit further. So maybe like a 10 day worth of travel. But yeah, it's you. you have a vague idea of where it is. Okay. Gathered enough uh, points now for a personal pan pizza, so Travancore will stop. Okay. <laughs> that was a pizza well earned. <laughs> and now. All right. So let's finish up in Greenest. Was there anything else you gentlemen wanted to do while you were in Greenest? I think that's it. I think uh, after probably a, another day or two, uh, we, after a, another, another day of carousing and telling stories, uh, we'll head out to Fort. Fort Sword Steel. Fort Sword which is Steel. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Check. We'll do like a, a morning tour and then we'll we'll catch a uh, midday teleport. So like so as we're leaving uh uh Greenest, Jonathan the Magimuscular will go up to Dorvine before before we head out to the fort. Be like, it's okay. I'll I'll probably I'll try and check in try and check in a couple of times a ten day. Just just to let you know how things are going and just so sorry it doesn't worry. And so I don't worry. You know, it's, it's, we don't have to dance around this. We may just be friends, but that doesn't mean that I don't worry. So yes, that would be nice if you've got some spare. And I'll try not to get too upset if it takes uh, a month for you to get back. I'll just assume that you've gone off to some other plane of existence. Oh my god, we're planar travelers now. Yeah. This is fucked up. We, de- we, we talk to gods. Yeah, don't do that too often. I find that that's, that's just the rolling dice that are eventually going to come up as ones. Does, right. does no. Travancore hear this exchange? Oh yeah, the t- you're all oh, together yeah. as you're getting ready to leave. I, I, I say, I won't, don't worry, I won't tell Bernie. Don't tell Bernie what? And she gives you an innocent little look. <laughs> she gives you both hugs and says, you are always more than welcome if you've ever want to come back. And if this one, and she points over to, to Jonathan, if he doesn't blow up half the planet learning how to do this, this teleportation thing, then he is welcome to teleport you all whenever you'd like. I, I give Sori a sort of a warm handshake. Oh, she hugs you. No. Oh, then then, there will I, be hugs, hugs, then hugs. I accept the hug. Yeah. She hugs you, she hugs Jonathan, she hugs Terrace, who's like, I'm gonna see you in a little while, I'm only just, like, down the road. It's yeah, just literally, a be back for dinner, God! <laughs> Bucks flies on uh, Soria's shoulder and nuzzles her. And Soria only just met Bucks 
yeah in these last few days and is still a little freaked out because everybody seems to assume that just because she's an aarakocra and bucks is, a, is an owl that they're supposed to get along but soria is a bluebird in a way and bucks is a bird of prey and they're also two completely different beings so bucks comes over and is like whoo whoo and nuzzles and soria's like you watch her fluff a little bit and she's like Oh, you're adorable. Yep, you're super adorable. Oh, Jonathan, take your owl. <laughs> no, no, it's a- lions and uh, lions and rabbits are both mammals. Don't they get along? Yeah, you know what? The only claws <laughs> I want to feel are mine. Here, <laughs> no, no, here, here, here. Oh, box, look at you. Oh, yes, she's so precious. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you guys head on over to Fort Sword Steel. Which looks much like what you remembered, except now there is no longer uh, a secret passageway that includes... Uh, in fact, there's a whole section of a wall that has obviously been torn down and rebuilt. Uh, all the, the colors have been changed. All of the windows, which used to be these uh, stained glass windows or, or completely blown out, have now been replaced with regular windows. And it, it just seems to be like a, a fort that is close to where the mining operation where you guys fought Windergod was. And Terrace will tell you that... While they haven't totally reopened the mine, they're doing some very preliminary explorations and seeing whether it's it's worth it, basically. Unless there's something else you want to do, Jonathan, I believe you have a teleport. Yeah, got... Columbo, oh. one more thing. Sure. <laughs> Travancore reaches into his bag and he fishes out the deed for uh, for Wendergod's Tower, which is relatively closer to Greenest than it is to Waterdeep. And he figures, Travancore figures, it's highly unlikely he's going to get a chance to, to sort of explore and fish around there, at least in the near future. So he hands it over to Terrace and says, this might be something worth investigating that might get you out of your fort for a little bit. She looks at it and she looks at you and she says, this seems like the kind of thing that's for you and she hands it back and she's like now certainly i'd love to come along but that's not mm, that next takes, time guess we'll just have to come back then yeah. yeah we'll bring some friends and that's a little further from greenest than than you think that might be a little out of my jurisdiction and and you know what that's you folks seem to be the ones that are really good at doing that that i want to go do some cool stuff but you're in a different league now. Maybe you're the ones that should go check that out. All right. But I thank you for thinking of me. Always. I give uh, Terrace a, a firm but warm handshake. Because I don't think she's a hugger. No, but she does offer a firm handshake as well to the both of you. And then Jonathan. All right. So, according to this, I say, well, until next time. And I... I take out the 50 uh, gem and some chalks and I start drawing around a circle and I make like very quick arcane uh, arcane markings. I hold up the gem and it crushes and sends out a wave that envelops everyone standing in the circle I just drew and then we all disappear. And we end up we end up in the Amethyst Acropolis teleporter room. Wow. And we'll pause there. And next time, as you've returned to Waterdeep, as uh, I'm assuming you have let Carlton know that you're returning to Waterdeep, and you've let Bernie know, I will just be nice and be an yeah. ICM and say that you've let everybody know that you're returning to Waterdeep. You burn that third level spell and drink your shot. 
and as you appear in in the room and you see uh, Aras standing there welcoming you warmly, we'll, we'll pick it up next time as we continue your quote-unquote vacation in Waterdeep as you kind of clean up some last-minute things and we'll find out what interesting information y'all have picked up over the last couple of days of of being on vacation wait did you drink your shot for the third level spell it took to let us okay i did for the teleport there you go that's a fifth level spell for the teleport yeah so you're gonna have to get contact other planes so you can start uh talking to your boo across planes how often do you guys think you're going across planes we don't know (laughs) it just keeps it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it it has only happened once. But it, we once, deal in planes now. Once was really enough, if you think. But also demi planes. Yeah, that's true. We go to a demi plane on a regular basis. Yeah, but you own that. That's different. Okay, so for <laughs> barbecued seafood, for a for Bernie letting Carlton take cocoa snoot, and then Carlton having what is probably the most realistic recovery moments that I think I've, I've seen in, a, in any D&D game for letters to temples, which I thought was actually a very an interesting and brilliant idea for chatting with Avanthea and Dakara about their, their tavern, for getting a book on the Nine Hells, and for uh, teleporting back safely after once again enjoying a, a nice couple of days with some good friends i'm gonna give you a total of 2550 experience to split between the four of you and next time the vacation continues thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media pictures and bio of our cast a full list of credits and more We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.